Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week we are going to be talking about doula training and everything that is encompassed by that, (laughs) Um, or at least getting you started on understanding. Uh, And to do that, I have brought on Mary Calderon. Hi, Mary. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. Uh, Mary wrote in a a few different times uh, when I've put out, uh, I need a story about this for the wine pairing you submitted and for a, a different episode too. Uh, the one with pets. Yes, the mm-hmm. one with pets. Wonderful. And um, and and they were great stories. It was <laughs> a great you. contribution. And so I was like, come on, <laughs> get yeah. on the show. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Thank you. I've, I kind of bounce around the episodes sort of depending on my mood and what yeah. I, what I want to be hearing or whatever, but I'm really enjoying them. I think you guys, you and all your guests do a really great job. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm excited for you to be a guest now. Thank you. Um, so before we get started talking about Jula, mm-hmm. let, um, let's talk about your background a little bit. What brought you to nannying? Yeah, so I've been a professional nanny for 13 years now, um, and I studied child development psychology in my undergrad, Mm -hmm. and then I kind of always assumed I would be a teacher, but... um, but then, you know, I would I was kind of nannying through college and doing like after school care and things like that. And after graduating, um, I got my first full time nanny job and sort of didn't really look back after that. I did try working in like child care centers and things like that. But, uh, you know, depending on the center, the focus is not always just on the children. Right. Um, and I wanted to get back to sort of like one family where you're everybody sort of has the one goal to make sure the children's needs are all being met. Right. That can sometimes get lost in larger childcare centers. For sure. Um, where it's most like, you know, about sort of the financial bottom line and mm-hmm. let's get as many kids as possible, you know, but. Um, and how can we make all of these philosophies yes. flow together? Exactly. Whereas with one family, it's like, yeah, we're working on the same philosophy. Mm-hmm. And then too, because, you know, the childcare field, um, 
you know, you have people that have gone to college and sort of have a childhood child development background and then other people who just have like years of experience from either being a parent or just always working with kids. And that sort of different level of professionalism also can affect, you know, childcare standards in the center. Yes, um, for sure. And, you know, because a lot of daycare providers don't always get paid very well. There's not an incentive to necessarily go to school. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think affects the quality of the environment as well. Yes. So, um, but yeah, so then, so yeah, I've been a professional nanny for 13 years and most of that was in Seattle after graduating and I moved to Seattle and then, um, two years ago, a little over two years ago, I moved to Chicago. Okay. Yeah. And so wonderful. And then about, just over a year ago, I transitioned to just part-time nannying and so that I could focus on also doing part-time doula work. Wonderful. So, yeah. Well, you transitioned us beautifully into <laughs> talking about doula. So let's start with just what is doula? Yeah. So a doula is in the ancient, it's an ancient Greek word for mm-hmm. woman who serves. Um, and now it is most commonly a trained professional who provides continuous physical, emotional, and informational support to a mother before, during, and shortly after childbirth so that she can achieve her, the healthiest and most satisfying experience possible. And doulas always provide like non-judgmental support. Um, they're all, almost always offering just evidence-based information um, to kind of dispel beliefs about, you know, pregnancy, childbirth, the postpartum breastfeeding, kind of trying to get rid of those old wives' tales sort of thing. And, you know, the way people had babies and raised babies 30 years ago is different than we're doing it now. And so just trying to help parents navigate that information from like what grandma's saying (laughs) to like what the doctor's saying and just trying to give them all of the information so that they can make the best choice for that for themselves. Right. So So not telling them what to do, but providing fact-based. Exactly. Fact-based, research-based scientific, whatever it is they need. Um, right. Yeah, so that they can make a good decision, basically, for themselves. Cause, right. And I don't ever impose my philosophy on uh-huh. them. I kind of help them realize what theirs is, right? Right. So I'll give them all this information, and then they get to choose whether or not they take the advice or, or whatever they want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, which is such a lovely thing. And I, I think that um, certainly I, I haven't given birth to a child um, ever, but I I do, I can only imagine that that is a very complicated and, uh, and yeah, you're getting such conflicting information from so many different places in your life and places that you trust, Mm -hmm. like your own parents. um, And you're like, but wait, this doesn't sit right with what the doctor's telling me. So having someone to help you navigate all that. Yes. Who is emotionally out of it. Right. Yes. Not bias or yeah. anything like that. Um, yeah. And so there are birth doulas mm-hmm. and there are postpartum doulas. And a birth doula can be both. Right. Um, the birth doula is pretty much a labor coach mm-hmm. and kind of prenatal coach, too, if that's what you want. Um, and they, the, the goal of the birth doula is to empower the birthing parents to... Um, or a parent to kind of have the birth that they want 
that right. they envision. And so that can either be a home birth, you know, a hospital birth, a birthing center, um, unmedicated, medicated, even women who have who elect to have a cesarean, a scheduled cesarean, they might have a doula too. To okay. kind of, because they still have to get to a certain point before they can, you know, begin the operation. And so um, the birth coach, the doula, excuse me, when she's coaching the mom or the partner, she has all kinds of tools and techniques to help manage pain and just kind of get through the stages of labor. Right. And she can, if there's a partner, she can support the partner too. If it's a, for example, a very long birth, Mm -hmm. everybody needs a rest. And so the doula is always there with the birthing person. Um, so that if the partner or the other support person needs a break or rest or needs to go eat after say, I don't know, 12 hours of labor, they can do that. And somebody will still be with the, you know, the birthing person. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. That's that like fills me with a sense of relief. <laughs> like I'm not even, yeah. um, but yeah, that, and, and when unexpected things come up, exactly. then there's someone there that's not yep. f- going through the physical <laughs> exertion exactly. of and giving s- birth. Yeah. And then, you know, especially if you're in a hospital, um, or a birthing center, you know, you've got doctors, you've got nurses, you've got all these people coming in and saying, okay, well let's, you know, we think that this should happen or, you know, here's your options. You can do this. And then, but they don't really kind of educate you to the full extent on the pros and the cons. And so the doula can say, Hey, do you want to take some time? Like ask the birthing person, do you want to take some time to think about that? And we can talk about the advantages and the disadvantages. And then, you know, the birthing person can say, yeah, actually I think like, do we need to make a decision in this moment or can I talk it out? Right. And so it's sort of empowering them to, you know, get in, information and then make a decision yeah so that's so wonderful yeah um so what is a doula not so a doula is not a midwife right and it's not medical at all and so um it's really important to that parents know that like the doula is not going to diagnose anything right she's not going to administer medicine nothing like that um and since i since i'm a work predominantly in postpartum so after birth Uh with families after they bring their babies home um I always say you know I'm not going to diagnose anything I'm an expert in normal right and so I can tell you everything that's normal and average but if I see something that's not normal and not average I'm going to say you should call the pediatrician or let's you should call the care provider like this is not you know a typical scenario right and um because I, one, I don't want to get sued. Yes. <laughs> For like, you know, I'm not a nurse, I'm not a doctor. And so that's very specific. And um, with a birth doula, you know, in training, they always say, you know, you're sort of by the, the person's head, right. like whispering encouragement to them and, and coaching them. Whereas a midwife and a doctor is catching the baby. Okay. Like, the doula yeah. doesn't do anything like that. She's not going to catch a baby unless you're suddenly like delivering on the side of the road and she has to but (laughs) in most scenarios she's just going to kind of be you know by your ear guiding you supporting you and not catching babies right right (laughs) so yeah Yeah, that's great (laughs) um so how does the certification process work what what does one need to do yeah so you can um so there's two certifications if you want to be a birth doula and a postpartum doula or both. Um, and birth work is very much um, often like a calling and a passion. And birth doulas will sometimes, 
most of the birth doulas that I've met, not all of them, but most of them become birth doulas because of the pregnancy experience that they had and the labor okay. experience that they had. So then they want it to be different or better, whatever their scenario is for future parents. And that's why they might become doulas. Right. Um, yeah. So you don't have to be certified to practice as a doula, but it's certification is um, the way that they're sort of trying to professionalize and legitimize birth work and doulas and doula and the work that they do. Um, and so a lot of doulas who only volunteer, for example, um, they might not be certified, but they'll okay. definitely, you definitely have to go through a training. Right. Um, and then, <clears throat> but not necessarily be certified. So a lot of the doulas I've met that only do volunteer work, they haven't certified because they, they just don't want to, I don't know, maybe put in the time or the effort because mm -hmm. it is, um, can kind of be a lot of paperwork. So there are many different organizations nationally, locally, internationally that you can certify through. Mm -hmm. And so um, you kind of have to research one that you feel like following or right. certifying through. Just like um, going to a college, like picking right, a college. Exactly. Because wanna... um, there's going to be organizations that are, like I said, known nationally or internationally. So depending on, like if you plan on maybe being a traveling doula mm -hmm. and working all over the country, you may want to go with an organization that, you know, is more nationally known. Right. Or, if, for example, you only want to practice, I don't know, we'll say in eastern Washington. Mm -hmm. There's, like, local doula certifications for that area. Right. Um, and so, <clears throat> because the trainings can, they're not cheap. Right. Um, I would say the average training is around $500. And, and can go up. And right. so that can last anywhere from one to like five days. Um, right, yeah. So the organization I went through, DONA, it was 37 hours over four days. Right. And that was broken up in two weekends because they try to um, kind of meet people where they're at. And a lot of people already have, you know, full-time jobs or whatever. So they'll, right. they'll hold them on, in evenings or on the weekends or whatever. So you don't have to kind of take time off of work to do that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, and I can also imagine that splitting it up like that over two different weekends mm -hmm. uh, is helpful to help you absorb the information. Exactly. Of like yes. you get to sit with the first half for mm -hmm. a week yeah. before coming back and learning. Right, and so once you go to a training, they might have some prerequisites. Like once you sign up, they might say, oh, you know, make sure you read like two or three of these books from a, a list, and they might be about breastfeeding, might be about... Um, childbirth or it might be you know um you know about communication or something right. like that or newborns or something like that and then once you do the training you'll probably have a list of other books that they want you to read and then um and then you have to almost always do a breastfeeding training that can mm -hmm. either be online or in person and a lot of doulas uh will teach breastfeeding classes for example and so yeah. you can and those can be relatively inexpensive we're talking like you know, a few hours one day and maybe like 40 to $60 right. for a breastfeeding training. Um, I did one that was more intense, but only because I've never had a baby myself and I've never breastfed a baby. So right. I did one that was a week long so that I could get a lot of hands-on kind of experience with, with other mothers. Um, but if a, if a doula has already had her own baby, she might kind of have the basis for it and just, right. need, and just need education on how to coach other women in proper breastfeeding if that's what they want. Right. But again, because doulas are usually not biased, or um, trying to be not biased, mm -hmm. um, you know, they want to encourage the mom to 
do what she wants to do. So even if she's like, I'm only going to pump and feed the baby express breast milk, then we support her in that and help right. her with that sort of thing. Um, I can only imagine that just having someone legitimize your choices <laughs> is just so amazing. Yeah. It's making me think of that episode of 30 Rock. Did you ever watch that show? No, I didn't. Uh, well, Tina Fey has a baby or she's mm-hmm. going to have a baby and just like she's researching and she ends up getting on this like online fight with a different mother, right? you know, and mm-hmm. just there's so much uh telling mothers how to do things and that they're doing it wrong quote unquote so just having someone there to be like no you got this like (laughs) exactly yeah yeah whatever choice you make Mm -hmm. is legit the right choice yeah the right choice whatever choice that makes you happy and makes you comfortable that's the right choice yeah um yeah because yeah especially in the age of social networking where you have all different moms groups and, you know, breastfeeding groups, baby wearing groups. You have all these group groups that are very passionate mm-hmm. and sometimes they have a hard time seeing why somebody would want to be on the other side. Right. You know, yeah. and they're just like so pro breastfeeding. They can't imagine anything else or they're, you know, not pro, you know, pumping or whatever the right. scenarios. And, and that's really, that's really hard for moms. You yeah. Know, just the judgment and, and things like that. And, um, and, you know, a lot of the families that I work with, the moms will be working moms. Right. And then there's that whole thing. Like, I'm not staying home with my baby. Like, I'm wrong for that. You know, right. that, that sort of stuff. So, yeah, validating, you know, women's feelings and saying and also saying, like, you're human for feeling this way. Right. You know, like it, it's I would feel really bad about myself, too, if I was kind of having someone judge me and tell me I'm doing it wrong and, and things like that. So yeah, that's really, really important to just support any choice that they make. Yes. So, yeah. that I, I'm learning so much already. I'm <laughs> so excited. <laughs> um, and then a lot, uh, continuing on with like the certification requirements, yeah. um, after breastfeeding class, like if you're going to be a birth doula, you'll, they'll often want you to kind of shadow or sit in on a childbirth class mm-hmm. so you can kind of see the information that families are getting and so you know how to kind of help them navigate that. Um, and then you have to have usually like professional evaluations, like um, maybe nurses and doctors that saw you working with the parents when they were going through their labor process. Um, and then even as a postpartum doula, Often, like, if you're certifying, somebody else has to have seen you supporting the birthing person. Okay. Um, So, like, for example, if it's a single mom, like, maybe if there was a grandmother around or a neighbor or something like that, they want to know that, like, from an outside perspective, like, the support you're giving is helpful. Yeah. Um, That sort of thing. So, they'll have, and they're pretty simple evaluations, you know, like, did the doula, you know, was she knowledgeable of, you know, resources that the mom asked about, you know, did she seem like she could support, you know, the, the mother in X, Y, Z, you know, like it's pretty simple. And then it's just like one to four, like one, she did terrible four, she did great. Um, and then really important too, is sort of a business webinar. Like a lot of the certification processes, like, do you know what you're getting yourself into if you're going into the business by yourself or, or just trying to launch like your own birth business? Like that's a lot of work. Um, are there, um, are there ways for a doula to work through a different like place, like a, like a birthing center? Will they hire a 
doula or yeah so usually after you're certified okay right yeah so um at least the hospitals in the in the u.s um so because doulas are in a position where they are birth doulas especially are in a position where they're mitigating you know pain and intervention that might have to happen right um that's really lowering the hospital bill right and so you know with our current health care in its state like they're trying to doulas are still trying to find their way into like where do we fit on that financial aspect right. of it um and how can families get reimbursed mm-hmm. for their doula um because you know having a doula like at your birth uh, lowers the odds of you needing an unplanned cesarean and unnecessary like pain medication and things like that there are plenty of women that still opt for that after you know a long labor or whatever or they know that that's what they want no matter what but the doula can still like reduce the need for other unnecessary interventions and that saves dollars for the hospital for the birthing family for all of that um And so there are some hospitals around the nation that do employ uh, birth doulas and they're sort of salaried. Um, And those are like, you know, coveted positions. Yes, I bet. (laughs) And so um, after you certify, um, that's definitely an avenue you can go down. And so I know like nationally in the U.S., like Dona Doulas of North America, uh, they are really well known because they're the oldest certifying agency like in the U.S. and they've been around for 25 years. Um, and so anyone who's certified through Dona like just has a very good kind of reputation because the their standards of practice um, they know are just really good. Yeah. Um, and so that bringing that up like different doula organizations are going to have different sort of mission statements and different codes of ethics and different standards of practice. And so when you're researching who you want to certify through, it's really important that you believe in that organization's mission and their standards of practice. Because if, like, for example, there are some organizations that don't believe that doulas should work, like, in a sliding scale for maybe, like, people that are low income. They don't believe, like, you should work for free because they think that that, like, doesn't... um, that makes it harder for other doulas to make right. a living wage, right? Right. Um, and so then if they find out that you are doing that, like working for less money or working for free, then they're like, "You, we're not going to certify you. Like, okay. see you later. Um, so like you just have to, and there's like advantages and disadvantages to all that, right? Like I get right. what they're saying, but that might not be my personal vision. Right. Because um, again, I said, like I said before, doula work is a passion-driven sort of um, career and if you want to work for free for somebody because you think they deserve it, then you should. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's that's totally up to you. Right. Um, but you have the the choice to who you certify through, so you can right. always make that decision. Um, that makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. Um, is there are there any other steps in the certification? Process? Yeah, and so so then once you go through sort of the behind the scenes stuff of like the education aspect of it then you have to find families to support and um so like here in chicago for birth doulas you can uh one way to kind of find families is chicago volunteer doulas okay um they have a volunteer doula program Uh and um and so yeah and i believe that you can either be matched up with a, a family that meets the needs for chicago volunteer doulas and then kind of you'll be their designated doula or you can be doula 
doulas on shifts, like 12-hour shifts. And so, like, for example, I think how it works with them is, like, say you're available on Saturdays Mm -hmm. and somebody that fits the profile for Chicago volunteer doulas goes into labor on Saturday, You then they'll call you. Right. Like, we have somebody who's going into labor, and then you, you go there for yeah. that, that shift. Um, and then the, the one good thing with that is, since it is a 12-hour shift, you know you'll be done in 12 hours, and then if the woman hasn't given birth yet or the person hasn't given birth yet, then um, another volunteer will, will step in. Great. Because that is, I would say that that is the hardest part about being a birth doula is, you know, a labor can be 36 hours long, right. possibly. Yeah. And, um so how does that look for, you know, like, can you sustain for 36 hours? Mm-hmm. Do you need, do you need a backup doula that right. you can call and be like, Hey, I'm in hour 20 and I'm losing <laughs> steam. Do you yeah. want to like come take over for me? So, right. um, yeah, that's one. Even for like a few hours. So mm-hmm. that- yeah. And so with postpartum work, um, I had actually reached out to like a local, like Facebook moms group and said, Hey, you know, I'm a doula in training and I'm looking for families that'll help me with my um, certification. Mm-hmm. If, you know, you're, and I, I remember I had like a specific time frame um, because I had decided then that I was going to stop working full time as a nanny so that I could find families. Because if you're working full time, when are you going to support people in any other capacity? Right. And so I said, I think it was like if you're giving birth between like September and March, you mm-hmm. know, you know, please reach out to me if you want to learn more about postpartum doula work and what I can you know offer you and support you in and stuff like that and so then I had like several moms like kind of reach out to me and see what I was all about and so that's how I found my families for and I had and I had um and then I also had friends who knew that I was a doula and then they had friends who were pregnant and they were like hey can I give them your contact information I know they're expecting a baby you know in whenever and I was like yeah that's great so it's a very, it's also like once you start working as a doula, it's a very referral base. Like, right. You know, you. Somewhat like nannying. Mm-hmm, exactly. Ends up being. Yeah. The families have a great experience with you and then they say, hey, can I give out your contact information? And I always say yes. Please. Right. Like, that's what drives my business. Yes, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. And um, there's no, and then also too, if, if it's referral based, I don't necessarily have to sell the idea of a doula to the person. They kind of already know that's probably what they want. Right. I just have to sell them me right you know why I should be the best and I kind of have this a philosophy that a lot like when nan like nanny and um not every family is a perfect fit right and sometimes you know a, a person's personality may not mesh with mine and I already know that I might have difficulty supporting them mm-hmm. then they just I might just not be the doula for them right and um so you know I respect that too like it's a the interview process is very you know two-sided right just like in a nanny family interview yes so yes yeah because yeah if you if you aren't the best fit then it's not serving either side right <laughs> right to to do that exactly because um, it's not gonna be as rewarding for you right um so and then and then you're you're just off to the races right mm-hmm. yeah and so then um the one I would say the hardest part about being a birth doula is um babies have you know babies being born is whenever they want to be born right. <laughs> um and so being on call is difficult so you may um so say the we call it a guest date instead of a due date because uh-huh. you really have no idea when the baby's coming right um and so most birth doulas will be on call two weeks before the guest date and two weeks after in the right. event that the baby comes early or late um and so you are just kind of waiting around at that time yeah and um and then with postpartum work 
I'm often just like I have this like window of time where I just have to be more flexible because I don't know when they're going to have the baby or how smoothly the birth is going to go and you know if they'll be in the hospital for an extended period of time or if the baby will come home right away um and so there's you know you kind of have I do spend a lot of time just waiting for babies to be born right um and then just kind of like you know, it's, I'm anxious. I'm like, when's the baby going to be here? (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. How, how does the money work if it's, if it's all kind of guesswork? Right. Um, and so birth doula sort of, um, they sell a package, right? For example, like, um, they might say they do two prenatal visits Mm -hmm. and then getting to know the the birth person and and or the partner and then um and then they kind of make a birth plan together if the family doesn't already have a birth plan and then the baby's born and Uh she'll say have like i'm just gonna throw out a random number say she charges 750 dollars per birth right that includes the two prenatal visits that includes however many hours the woman's going to be in labor right and then maybe one or two postpartum visits after they come home with the baby um and again, like doulas can either work for free and include all of that sort of services, or they can charge $500 or they can charge $4,000. Right. It just depends on their experience and, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, again, I've known doulas that, like new doulas that have just charged very little mm-hmm. um, because they just want to get the experience. Right. And then you know, I've met doulas that do charge like four grand. Right. So, yeah. Um, and then, and sometimes they have, um, you can kind of have add on services. There are doulas that do placenta encapsulation, mm-hmm. um, doulas that will sort of be your child, uh, birth educator. Mm-hmm. And so they'll do kind of, um, like a one-on-one childbirth class as opposed to paying for like eight weeks, right. You know, to go to a class with a group of people. Um, uh, they'll teach infant massage. So like they have these other mm-hmm. add on things that, you know, might help drive their business as well. That, right. That families benefit from. Okay. Yeah. And, Great. um, or could they lead a birth class for a group of mm-hmm. people? Mm-hmm. Definitely. I would think that um, would be. Yeah. And that, and that all, re- you know, that all can require extra sort of education, not right. necessarily certification, but just like extra education. Right. Um, just to, learn how to teach that sort of stuff for example um and with postpartum care like i just charge like an hourly rate Mm -hmm. and so i i work by referrals for myself and then i also do postpartum care as an independent contractor through chicago land doulas okay which is a tiny little uh agency uh run by this wonderful birth and postpartum doula named ann um and yeah and that is just hourly at that point okay Mm -hmm. great so just curious how it all works yeah and so i guess i didn't touch base on postpartum right yeah specifics um which is silly because that's primarily (laughs) what i do um but we often overlook our own (laughs) i just get so passionate like talking about the other aspects um yeah so with postpartum support it can be daytime support or overnight support and um and again like a postpartum doula is expert in normal mm-hmm. and depending on the family's needs, um, your responsibilities are different every day. So it's a lot of newborn education, um, emotional support. Right. Um, there'll be, you know, physical support in terms of if a mom had any postpartum complications or she had a cesarean section, like 
she needs more physical support with, you know, h- how to heal their her body right. and things like that. So, um, like, she might not be able to walk upstairs or she may be, you know, confined to the bed for several days or something like that. So kind of helping her navigate that. Um, if there was any sort of trauma after the birth, like, you can, women who go through pregnancy, or I'm sorry, go through labor can develop pneumonia. Right. Because going through labor is actually a traumatic event. Yes. Um, I've worked with families where the mom sprained her ankle in childbirth and oh, was wow. suddenly yeah. like in a, you know, a boot and walking around on crutches. Can't really carry a baby if you have to walk around with crutches. Yeah. Um, so just like helping them navigate. Or if they did have a cesarean, yeah. not being able to pick up the exactly. baby and things exactly. like that. Yeah. If you have, you know, a very large baby. Right. Yes. <laughs> there's weight limits. Um, yeah. So there's that. And then um, I do a lot of kind of helping moms establish breastfeeding and I'll kind Uh of do breastfeeding coaching. Um, but I'm not, uh, internationally like certified lactation consultant. Okay. So if I see something that may be more of a medical concern, I'll refer them to, you know, IBCLC, which is a board certified lactation consultant. And a lot of IBCLCs are also nurses. Um, so yeah. And if I see anything abnormal, if the mom develops any sort of fever or something like that, I'll always encourage them to call the care provider and things like that. Um, and yeah, and then, so with newborn education, um, a lot of parents, even if they have been around babies, they've, you know, always been around, say, a baby that was already like four months old. Right. Right. Newborns are a species all on by themselves. They really are. Um, they're so different and they change every day. The first you know, 12 weeks are just very different from how a baby is later. Um, and, you know, when you see babies on TV, they're already like four to six months old. Right. So it's just, again, just different. Um, a lot of families are surprised by how much newborns cry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yes. Yeah. And so I get a lot of, is this normal questions? Like, mm-hmm. oh, the baby's always crying. Is this normal? Oh, the baby's, you know, still sleeping a lot. Is this normal? Oh, the baby can only stay awake for 35 minutes at a time. Is that normal? And and it always is, right? right. It always is. And so just there's a huge weight lifted off parents' shoulders when I say, yes, that's normal. That is all babies. All babies are doing this right now. Right. Um, and you are, every parent in your position is nervous about that. You right. Know? So they just, it always feels good to them to have you know, I, I literally see their shoulders relax as soon yeah. as I say, yes, that's normal. They're like, oh, thank God. Right. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. So. I, yes. Yeah. Um, a question that just came to my mind mm-hmm. is, would a doula ever work with a family that was adopting a baby? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So adoption, families having a baby through surrogacy. Yeah. Um, they all need you know, to adjust to being, becoming parents and having this newborn too. Yeah. And so, yeah, I do work with families that adopt, um, and families that have had a baby through a surrogate. Yeah. Same, same scenario. Like they still have the same questions about newborn care. Um, and you know, they can, that mother and father, they can still suffer from postpartum depression, um, because it's a very anxiety ridden time. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just, it's scary and it's changed. And, and the day that a baby was born was also the day the mom and the father were born. Right. That, those people did not exist before that baby was born. Yes. And so you kind of have to grieve that formal, former person and be right. like, okay, like they're still in there. 
but now I'm also a mom and I'm also a, or I'm also a dad or whatever the scenario right. is. Um, so yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just, that just came to my mm-hmm. mind, but that seems like such a wonderful yeah. resource yeah. for a family that is adopting exactly. or going through surrogacy. Yeah. Um, great. What are some benefits of becoming a doula, like transitioning per, potentially from being a nanny? Yeah. To a doula? Um, so I, like, I feel like it's a pretty, like, especially if you have a lot of infant experience, I feel like it's a very kind of natural course. Right. Because that's sort of what happened to me. I was a doula before I even knew I was a doula. Right. Um, so from working as a nanny and I was, you know, taking care of all of these babies and all of these infants from the time they were, you know, three months and older, I just started to gain a lot of knowledge about normal infant behavior. Right. And so then as my friends and my cousins started having babies, I would um, like always, this was always, I was living in Seattle at the time that this was happening as my friends and family were having babies. And I would fly back to Michigan when the baby was around three weeks old and just help out for a week or two, just out of love. Right. And because I had some wisdom to, you know, impart, impart. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And I didn't know that I was, that's what a doula was. And so (laughs) like, and I would do stuff like laundry and wash bottles and just kind of be there with the, with the mom while, you know, their partner was probably not on paternity leave at any point at that point anymore. And, um, and I would just kind of be a support person because I loved them and I, and it was a good excuse to be around them, you know, cause, cause I lived so far away. Right. Um, and then I flew back to Seattle after one of those such visits and I was telling somebody, someone had asked why I had been in Michigan. I told them and they said, oh, so you're a doula. And I was like, what's that? Yeah. And they were like, it's a birth profession. It's you support women after they have a baby or when they have a baby. And I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> and yeah. so then I started researching and then lo and behold, Seattle was doula Mecca and I didn't know that. Um, and that's when I was like, okay, like this might be what I do after I stop nannying. Like, right. I think I will be a doula. Um, so yeah, so that is one benefit kind of transitioning from being a nanny. And then also, um, you know, you can kind of be your own boss in a different yeah. way. Like you, you know, you make the hours, you kind of call the shots. Um, and you know, there is, as nannies, we work really long hours mm-hmm. and usually with an exception of going through a very long labor, um, you might not work like those long hours. Right. Right. And then there's a turnover because you, as a doula, you work yourself out of a job. Right. And so yeah. you, in the beginning, when you start, the parents are kind of confused and scared and you, then you give them all these tools and you impart all of this information on them. And then they realize that they can do it on their own and then they suddenly just don't need you anymore. Yeah. And like, then you're like, oh, my job is done now. Right. And, you know, you kind of walk away like feeling, um, like families are always very appreciative. Right. Um, in a different way than nanny families are appreciative. Right. Uh, and so that's, I think, one of the biggest benefit and kind of one of the reasons people become doulas is like that appreciation and that, I don't know, it's just, to me, it's like a euphoria. It's like, as soon as the family's like, you've been so helpful, we don't need you anymore. I'm like, oh, my work is done here. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's, it's very interesting. I didn't know that I would kind of be that happy about right. it. Like, I don't know, it, it's it's very interesting. Um, yeah, so. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> wonderful. Um, what are some of the cons of being a doula? Yeah, so the cons are obviously it's not easy to live on call if you're a birth doula. Right. Um, you know, you 
won't be able to make set plans, you know, like birthday parties, weddings, like you could be called to go to a birth. Um, You could be sleeping and then be called to go to a birth. So that's not an easy lifestyle. Um, And, you know, if you are a parent yourself, obviously you have to have a really flexible and solid childcare support system. Yes. Um, That can't be easy. I don't have any children of myself, but I I can't imagine. Right. Um, And that's actually one of the reasons why I don't do birth work right now is because I do part-time nanny Mm -hmm. and my part-time family needs me to be reliable and I can't really go to birth just at a drop if I'm responsible for a child. Right. Um, So, yeah, so there's that. (laughs) Come on, you're going to get an education today, kid. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, you can't do that. And then I think, too, like, because birth work is um, passion-driven, you after you go through the training and you're super excited about starting this new career adventure, um, there's the business aspect of it. Right. It's a lot of work to be your own boss. There's marketing network, um, you know, the cost of websites, the cost of business cards. Um, there's a lot of unpaid time that I spend answering emails, answering text messages, um, networking, like you really have to network. figuring out taxes, yeah. figuring out taxes, just all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I was not prepared for And right. in the past year that I've been working part time as a postpartum doula, I'm like, wow, I wish I kind of had a business coach. Um, right. Because it's just I feel like I bit off a little bit more than I could chew at the time. Yeah. And but I, I gave myself a year to kind of go through this learning curve. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I still have part time nannying to fall back on. Um, and then, of course, I can always continue on as a nanny. Right. Um, full time if it, if I really just can't do it. Um, <laughs> but because right. I always I was like, I need a, a fallback plan. Yes. Like if this doesn't work or whatever. Um, yeah. So that I would say, you know. You want a solid um, support, maybe like a business coach, something like that. Mm-hmm. And even and that can even be just another doula that you meet right. that, had, uh, that already has their own established doula business. And so as a doula, you can be self-employed, you can work for another doula, or you can go through an agency and, um, you know, be an independent contractor. Right. So, yeah. And so, and that works a lot like a nanny agency, whereas families reach out to the agency for doula and then they have like a pool of doulas that they can they match you up that they match you up with yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. so that is that kind of takes out a a lot of that um behind the scenes stuff out of it and then usually does the family then eat the cost of the agency mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah Mm -hmm. so like for example for example like maybe the agency um and i'll use like postpartum support like Say a family is like, oh, I want postpartum support for two weeks, like eight hours a day. Um, then the agency might charge like $30 to the family and the nanny makes 20 right. I don't know. That's like a yeah. random number I'm throwing yeah. out there. But, but it, that's it works. the idea. Yeah, that's the idea. So Very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are all really good options. Yeah. Um, what have you been surprised by in your experiences as a doula? Um, so... I have, I was sort of surprised by, uh, like, the cultural diversity aspect of it. Uh-huh. And so, like, I didn't, I have not gone through the childbirth experience myself. And so when, like, I didn't really realize until I went through the training, until I started working in, with families who had just had babies, you know, like, the different cultural practices around right. birth and postpartum. Yeah. Um, so that was very, really 
surprising and beautiful to me, like just the difference differences between say Muslim families and Chinese families and Jewish families, and they're you know have these deep rooted cultural traditions yeah. around labor and postpartum that I think are really beautiful. Um, and then something that as doulas you have to be sensitive to, you right. know. So like if especially in a place like Chicago where you could, it's so diverse here. Yeah. Um, you just want to be aware, partially so that you don't offend anybody too. Mm-hmm. When and when you're helping them kind of have this birth experience they want or this postpartum experience that they want, you want to be sensitive to those sort of cultural um, changes and ideas, and because that can even um, translate into like how they receive healthcare. Right. Right. Like the way we do things here in the U.S. may be very different from how traditionally they would do it in their you know native country right so yeah yeah there's that and then I think too like like I had mentioned the appreciation aspect of it um was just very different than as a nanny family like right or in a nanny family like when you're a nanny you're definitely someone's employee right right whereas a doula you're selling your service before before anybody has even hired you you sort of so there's just I know there's a different way of thinking about it Uh um and that was just sort of surprising to me. I didn't realize that I would see that or even feel that way yeah. at the time. Yeah. But and it's it's an honor and a privilege when someone chooses you to like help them with this experience and support them through this experience right. in a way that it's different, like helping another family kind of raise their children. Right. It's just a very, it's just a very different experience. Yeah. So it's very intimate. It's very intimate. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you're seeing wonderful. these people in their most vulnerable states. Yes. Right. And so, um, and that's just like beautiful and powerful. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That gave me goosebumps. <laughs> um, so, and you've somewhat touched on this throughout, but um, how has being a nanny assisted you in working with moms as a doula? Yeah. And so, as a nanny, um, in like all through my interview processes and when I've practiced as a nanny, I try to always have a very tranquil, peaceful, calm environment. And I didn't really realize how much that would translate into doula work. Right. That, you know, this kind of chaotic time of having a baby and maybe this confusing time in postpartum, like people just really benefit from a calming presence yes. and a peaceful presence. And so I, I bring that, what I've kind of fostered through my nanny career into my practice as a doula mm-hmm. and people are really receptive to that. And yeah. I, and I, and that sometimes I don't even realize I do it right. until they say, Oh, you're just so calm and I feel so relaxed. And I'm thinking, Oh, great. Cause that's exactly how I want you to feel. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, um, you know, infants and toddlers, like they pick up on anxiety yes. and fear and, and all of those emotions. And um, so I, you know, my confidence in things like that sort of translates to to where, you know, if I walk into a home and the baby has been crying for however many hours and the mom or, or the dad are feeling frazzled and, the, you know, they hand me the baby like, oh, please, she's, they've been crying <laughs> for hours. And then the baby immediately stops crying. Right. And they're like, why? How? And I, and I always say, well, I'm not tired. I've already eaten. Right. Like, I haven't been listening to the baby cry. Like, the baby just picks up on that, that energy and that vibe, you know? Right. And so you take a deep breath and we'll try to kind of have the rest of the day go this way. And then they're like, oh, okay, great. Yeah. When that sounds beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that, I, I totally can yeah. see how nannying would mm-hmm. give you that. Yeah. And then I think, um, 
my doula training helped sort of, it helped me kind of see from an older sibling's perspective, like what was going to happen when a new baby came. Right. Like, you know, I had, I had, I have been a nanny for plenty of people where there was like multiple children or I started with their firstborn and then they had other children. Mm -hmm. And I was of course always helping the older sibling kind of adjust to the new, the new baby. Um, But the training kind of gave me tools to really understand like why the older sibling needs to be a priority. Right. Um, because it's this is a, kind of a traumatic experience for them too. Like they're yeah. they're usually excited to have a sibling, but they don't really understand what that means. Right. Until how could they? How could they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so um, I remember one very specific thing I learned in training was um, having a breastfeeding basket or a feeding basket specific for the older child, so that uh-huh. when the baby was going to nurse or eat, like the the older child had a special basket with special toys or books or whatever that they read only when the baby was eating okay. so that they kind of had a special thing to do like while the mom or the nanny was you know preoccupied or whatever yeah. um and I just and so I always kind of tell family like let's do this like if you know they're having their second or multiples and they already have an older child right um and that's like been really beneficial and I think um too like I have a really good rapport with toddlers. So then when right. I when I come for postpartum visits um, and, you know, the family opens the door and they've got the new baby and then the toddler comes running, I always pay attention and try to address the oldest child first and mm-hmm. kind of give them undivided attention because they're already like, oh my God, like this new baby's been crying or they right. can sense that mom and dad or mom and mom or dad and dad are, you know, anxious or whatever. And so just really like really focused on giving them like undivided attention for five, 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is they need right. and helping them process this new baby and the new growing family and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah. What wonderful advice yeah. that I would not have thought of. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's very helpful. Um, and you, yeah, you mentioned like with, with older children, um, has anything in your doula experience helped with like, even older children like not toddlers but like like school age yeah yeah I mean just getting them involved in like their role as an older sibling right and um always having them help like if they kind of like I give the parents hands-on troubleshooting I call it like troubleshooting tools yeah to soothe and care for the baby I'll do the same thing with the the older siblings like an elementary or even like if they're in middle school or something like that um and really get them involved like show them how to give the baby a bath you know have them assist have them assist the parents and like hands-on like give them roles like for example with elementary age kids um I would always have the I think she was in kindergarten first grade and I would always have her get the diapers even though I could get the diapers myself I was like oh the baby needs a change can you please bring me the diapers and then she would say oh my gosh yes I'm gonna go I'm gonna go and get it and so she had like a specific role Mm -hmm. she was like I can do the diapers that is one thing I can do yeah yeah (laughs) so just yeah giving them specific tasks and not to feel like a burden but just to like feel helpful you know right right yeah, because usually kids want to be involved. Yes, exactly. It's a a baby is an exciting thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for yeah. for everyone. So, um, if someone wants to learn more about becoming a doula, because we kind of discussed before we started recording that 
an hour or however long this episode is is not enough time right, right. to cover everything. Um, yeah. So, yeah, if they wanted to learn more, what are some resources? Yeah, and so, I mean, it's pretty easy online. Like if, for example, like um, like I said, a lot of the organizations can be very specific to your region. Right. Um, and so even just, for example, we'll, we'll take Chicago, for example, just saying like doula trainings in Chicago, and then you mm-hmm. have certain ones pop up and like I said make sure to review like sort of the mission and their standards of practice and their code of ethics to make sure that it all syncs up with what you believe in right um and and then like the book the birth partner Mm -hmm. um is a really good book that kind of just gives you a it's not a summary it's very in-depth but it talks it shows you a lot about what it means to be a birth partner right um and it's written for not just doulas but the person who's actually going to be like a birth partner like the father or you know the significant other yeah um and then on the business aspect of it there's a really good book called the doula business guide that gives you all the ins and outs of exactly what it means to have a birth business and if you'll see if you're cut out for it like right just reading the summary i was like oh my god (laughs) <laughs> can I do this but right. it's, but it's realistic like if you want to have a viable birth business like you really have to look at that stuff um yeah. and yeah um and like I said being a doula is not just something you do like you really it has to be a very passion right sort of project um and you know have a realistic timeline of if you are going to do a training and, and you want to become certified, have a realistic timeline of when you can make that happen. Because um, like Dono, for example, the organization that I certified through, like you had to, from the time you took the training to the time you wanted to certify, it had to happen within three years. Okay. And right. so I had to fit that into like, okay, when do I stop working full time so that I can take on clients? Like how is that exactly going to work so that I can fulfill all the reading and get all of the families to support fill out all of the certification requirements because you like with a lot of organizations you have to like write essays and you know do like journal entry type of things and so that all takes time um and then again because you never know how long with postpartum support exactly you don't know if you're going to work with the family for two weeks or for you know maybe they had multiples and that's six months right and so like you have to like really try to fit that all in a timeline yeah um and then like so once you kind of figure that all out, you know, just have a very clear vision, like your goals, like step by step and just kind of check them off. Um, Cause it can be, the certification process can be time consuming. It's absolutely worth it. Right. But you just have to really be organized and yes. um, you can't just be like, yes, I'm going to be a dual and I'm going to be certified and it's going to happen in a year. It doesn't, right. it doesn't work right. that way. And with some organizations you can like, once you have clients, you may not have as much paperwork, but you'll have like a test, mm-hmm. uh, open book test that where they just want to make sure that you can answer all the questions that families have. So they want to know that you've like done the reading and that you can be a good support person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, just thinking through this, this is a jumping off place for a resource. If a parent Mm-hmm. A mom is listening or a birth yeah. birth person is listening to this and is interested in finding a doula. Mm-hmm. Um, how, what are ways to go about researching and finding a doula that fits with your yeah, actually, personal philosophy? Um, doulamatch.net okay. is 
literally like a phone book of doulas. And you can go in and you can say, I'm in, for example, Chicago, Illinois. This is, you know, I'm looking for a birth doula, a postpartum doula. Um, And then all these doulas will pop up and you can see how much they charge on average, if they have a website, like all that. And so it's just a directory. Great. Um, So that's one one way of going about it. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just, yeah, I just thought of that and I was like, wait. And and there's a lot of too, like, I mean, if you find out you're pregnant, your pediatrician or... um, or your OBGYN, or your just your midwife, anybody like they will often have like doulas, maybe that they know, or they've worked, or they've had clients that have worked with, and because like I said, it's a very referral driven yes. business. Um, yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Um, and then, um, do you have any like last words of advice for someone who who has decided that they want to be a doula and they're just starting their journey? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say um, just try to, like, find people that you want to support and that want support as right. well. Um, yeah, and because that will kind of just kind of get your foot in the door and, and give you, I guess, practice. Um, right, in a, a, in a good environment. In a good environment, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the, the training can – at least I left the training feeling very enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still kind of, I have, I still have that now. Right. And every time I meet a new family, I'm very excited for them to have their baby and to support them yeah. and things like that. And so um, I think once you kind of get a taste of that sort of excitement and that passion, like it really propels you to, to move forward and kind of, fulfill like the goals that you set for yourself yeah um, so I think yeah I think finding families to support is is kind of the key and and find a good kind of maybe doula network like try to start networking and there are a lot of Facebook groups now specific to region where you can find doulas that will like mentor you oh, and yeah. that's been very helpful I um recently attended like a therapy session with other doulas about compassion fatigue um and that just helps you process like obviously supporting people in these vulnerable states can really take its toll especially if they have had traumatic experiences and they're kind of unloading on you you need to support you need doulas to doula you right and to help you like cope with that and because it's not the type of work that you leave at work usually like it comes home with you right emotionally yes and so you kind of want to just start kind of making friends and meet other doulas and things like that that can be your mentors that you can learn from that you can get advice from or even just you know if you're a birth doula say you know you can call them and be like wow I just had a 32 hour labor and I I need to talk about it right um and or if you're a postpartum doula and maybe you saw some like really weird stuff at the family home and you're like right you leave and you're like wow that was not a healthy environment to be in and yeah. I don't know how it feels to have a newborn in that environment like I need to talk to somebody about that yeah. so that's just reality right you know so um it's beautiful, but always not always glamorous. Yes, <laughs> yes, and having a a good person yeah. to bounce or exactly. people. Yeah, and just like with nannies, um, mm-hmm. it helps to talk to other nannies right. about nanny life. And yeah, same thing with doula work. Yeah, <laughs> that's great advice. Well, thank you. Is there anything else that you feel like we didn't touch on, or no? I think yeah. I think. I might have covered most of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You did a wonderful job. Thank um, you. 
But if you at home are like, but wait, I have this question and they didn't answer it for me, um, please email in to chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. And actually, this is the first episode where I can introduce our phone number. All we right. just got a phone number. Um, so it is 773-769-7799. So you can call in to that number if like you just don't feel like writing an email. You can call in and I will answer questions on that. And or if you want to call in and leave a fun story for our tag at the end, then it gets to be in your words <laughs> and your vo- voice patterns. Um, so you can leave that, and I will take some of those and tag them on to the end. Um, but remember when you leave those uh, that I don't use child's names, no, so don't, do not include the kids' you nannies' names at all. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, if you want to give us a phone call, please do. Um, and also visit Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and chroniclesofnania.com. Um, I'll put up the resources that Mary talked about on there, um, links to those, uh, so you can find them. Yeah, and if anybody, you know, contacts you with questions about being a doula, please feel free to give them my email. I'm happy to answer Great. questions too. Thank um, you. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. So I I can put you in touch with Mary because I... Before this episode, I am so much more educated now after after this, which is one of the reasons that I love doing this podcast, because I learned so much. Um, so thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And then we end each episode with a cute, funny, uh, uplifting story, and Mary's brought one for us. Yeah. So I... When I, with my part-time nanny, and um, I also provide backup support to other nannies when they go on vacation or they're sick. So I was covering for a nanny while she's away on vacation, and I was with a three-year-old little boy, and we were singing Mary Had a Little Lamb. <laughs> and he stops midway, and he looks at me very seriously, and he says, wait, you're Mary, <laughs> but you don't have a lamb. and I thought it was so funny and I said no you're right I don't have a lamb and he was genuinely concerned that this song was written about me he thinks it's written about me and that I don't have a lamb I thought it was just very sweet that is so sweet oh my gosh he offered um to give me one of his stuffed lambs (laughs) oh how kind yeah it was very sweet I I love that spirit (laughs) three is such a great age for that it is oh well thank you thank you and uh thank you all for listening we'll see you next week Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.